Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I am unashamed. What about you? All right, so yesterday I got invited to lunch after this these podcasts. Phil brought up the idea that they were eating quail. So I said, I'm in. So I'll go down there, and when I looked at the stove and the food that was laid out, I, I'm, I'm not going to embellish. I'd say it was enough for about 30 people. So I said, where's where's everybody, where's everybody else? <laughs> Kay said, it's just us. I said, well, you got enough food for 30 people here. I mean, they had quail, just a huge pile of quail. Uh, some kind of beans that had bacon in it. She had corn. She had baked potatoes. Had some kind of. Weird looking bread. I don't know where y'all got that. Texas, Austin, Texas. On her trip over there, she came back carrying bread. Yeah, well, sourdough got, bread. Well, she got those quail from somewhere, Ooh. and trust me, they didn't come out in a box because they were fresh. No, that's the ones. That's the ones that uh, Stone and Sai killed. Oh, one of their good. little escapades. That was yeah. one of the greatest meals. I just, I thought it was comical that I thought. Do, the older I get, am I going to cook enough for armies of people? Because y'all going to be eating on that for days. <laughs> oh, we, oh, you'll be surprised. <laughs> I guess just people coming in and out on a daily coming basis. Coming in and out. We have taken practicing hospitality to a new level. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Well, Man, well plus you and mom, you and mom have, you always have an entourage of people around you and Mom's entourage is even bigger now than yours. And there's just a staff of physical therapists and I don't know what all well, people I'll coming you, in. Every time I'm there, there's I'll people tell you there. this, Miss Kay is doing her part about ending world hunger on a daily basis because y'all live really in, in the middle of nowhere where there's no people, but yet there's a constant stream of people coming down there to eat. If you feed them, they will come. It's about That's five right. times the Bible mentions, and when you, and the, when the admonition is to practice something, that means it's an ongoing. It never stops. You yeah. practice hospitality, and Peter added without grumbling, because if you ever start weighing the cost of practicing hospitality, you won't be hospitable anymore. If you say, yeah. "Look at what this is costing me." So it's a form of uh, service, serving your your neighbor. Miss Kay's line is, if you feed them, they will come. That's true. So there, there is some. <laughs> and I think she learned, <clears throat> she learned a lot of that from Granny too, because I've told this before on the podcast. But you know, Granny and Paul live next door to us, and of course, you know, so Mom learned a lot of stuff from her too, and she was a great cook, and she would always like when we finished eating she would take the leftovers, but instead of like, now we'd put them like in a Tupperware thing, but she would put them on a plate, like make the plate up. Mm-hmm. And then she'd cover with foil. And I'll never forget, I said, Granny, why why do you do that? And she said, oh, you always got to have something for the stranger, son. Yeah. Well, you got to remember, I'm coming off a trip where I went two days without eating anything that didn't come in a package. Because they, you know, my people, they schedule these trips because I'm like, we we leave real early or real late. You know, we move around in in the shadows and everything's down to the literally the minute that's scheduled and there's no they don't have supper time. That that's not in there. You yeah. you just work it out. And so then, you know, Missy's been in Austin and and I've been here, so I mean, you know, I'm eating I mean, the big meal for me, I think, is I bake uh, potato and ate some boudin. You know, I had boudin and baked potato, which was good. 
Well, boy, I'm telling you, when I walked in there, it was it, it did something to me. It, it was one of the, it was just needed. <laughs> so my compliments to the chef and the lady. A good meal is a uh, it's a wonderful thing. It really is. Yeah, it, it, a, a good home cooked meal. Home cooked meal. Yes. What's that verse, Dad? That you you said it for? It's either from in Psalms or maybe Proverbs. Where it talks about one of them said, "Don't don't have people in your home and then um, and then complain about the cost after they leave." I don't know. There was a there was a proverb in there somewhere that basically the principle is, "Don't be like that." You know, well, look, I mean, Al, if you're people, gonna have if you're gonna practice it, practice it. People don't look. There there's people that are so tight. Look, I had that when the ice storm hit. There was a guy who had a business. His his he was out of town and his place of business, the actual building. He was like, do me a favor and turn the, the faucets on outside the building because it's going to get down to six degrees or whatever. I don't want the thing to freeze and come out. I was like, sure, no problem. So go up and do it. Well, when he got back, I was like, you know, turn those faucets off. Well, he went and the faucets had already been turned off. And I was like, well, huh, I wonder how that happened. Well, come to find out, he shares this building. There are other buildings there. But one of the other business owners saw those faucets on and turned them off. Now, it didn't freeze or anything, but it could have. And so he later on, I said, what, what happened? Because he was questioning me because he's like, I thought you turned these on. I was like, I mean, I just had it trickling. But come to find out, the other business owner was like, I don't, you know, they split the water bill. And he's like, I'm not going to pay you know, extra this month and you, you're leaving the water and he was upset about he, he's it. He's missing the point. I'm like, no, wait a minute here. You're gonna get upset over paying $5 for a dripping faucet. Maybe I'm just throwing that number out there, but risk the whole thing freezing up, which will be thousands of dollars. You are, pipe. you are correct. I thought that's just too tight. So I found out when we um, bought our place down here on the Gulf Coast, I'm in the southern lair uh, now uh, about half the time, that uh, credit score is important. Uh, it's been a long time since I had to borrow any money for anything, and this is really just kind of an investment for us, but we also, you know, my wife loves being at the beach. Um, and I found out that, you know, we needed help to bump that credit score up, and so I checked out uh, one of our sponsors called ScoreMaster, which basically is a science and credit score. So, you know, they, they figured out a way how to bump you up. And basically, they average 61 points over the course of about three weeks, which is really good. Helps you get a lower interest rate uh, on your loan if you're buying a house, buying a car, side by side, something like that. Uh, I did find out it's National Credit Awareness Month. I didn't know that this month. So maybe it's a good time to check them out especially if you're looking for uh, making a loan. So you go to scoremaster.com slash Phil. That's scoremaster.com slash Phil. And um, check these guys out. Maybe help you save some money. We had all kind of faucets running during that whole thing, and we come yeah. out unscathed. I mean, if we were set up for it, I guess people in the north have ways around that, but... Down here, I, I'm willing to take that risk. Well, back to the food thing. Uh, I don't know where the water pipe deal come up, but. Well, I was just saying, to, that's too tight. Yeah. When you're trying back, to save five bucks. Back to the food deal. <clears throat> Miss Kay has a group of people that uh, they go out after we meet on Sunday morning. And there are school teachers and business people and. There are people who work at the restaurants, and there are people from the rehab. There's two of them. There's three homeless people. It's mm. a it's a montage of a little gathering there, up to you know twelve, fifteen people. Miss Kay is picking up the tab, and because she's just she's just being uh, she's practicing hospitality, even when she's not cooking here, she's up there uptown. And she is providing a meal yeah. for a group of individuals from all walks of life. Yeah. So there's I, most of them are sons and daughters of God. Some of them are like checking it all out, but it's a good thing for them because they're thinking, well, good night. 
this is a good meal. Someone's someone else is purchasing the meal for me. Right. So we're just showing them about hospitality. But it's the effort. It's not just the money. It's the if you want to be a good cook, you have to work at it and take the time to make this happen. That is correct. And I think that's where people they get so busy and they just they turn into TV dinner. You know, cooking is not putting something in the microwave. That, that's warming. While you're something there, up. yesterday we featured quail was the was the was the was what was featured today, Jace. In case Uh-oh. you're wondering, oh, fried shrimp. <laughs> oh, I'm so. <laughs> we will do this. I hadn't divulged that information until now, but the, she told me on the way out the door. Winning. I'll have the shrimp ready. You know, you fry oh, them. I'll have them ready. Goodness. So she's going to peel them and devein them, and I'll fry them up. Put a little egg wash on them. You know, fried shrimp. Well, shrimp yeah. po' boys, if you want. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm so into that. I'm I'm going to be distracted for the rest of our time together. What's interesting is that we're moving into Acts 10. I think we lost Al, but let me know when he comes back. And, you know, you did, Acts 10 is is a special chapter in our past in history because, you know, we're duck call makers. You, you had this idea, you know, you sold out for Jesus. You said, I'm going to live on the land, live off the land, commercial fish the river, build duck calls. You saw but the whole thing unfold, Jace. I saw the whole thing unfold. And so what happened is the more popular the duck calls became, you would do seminars. Of course, I was really the only son who liked what we, you know, the my other brothers, Al can't defend himself because he's offline right now, but they all participated in it and worked. But I really liked the making of the, the duck calls and and the science behind coming up with these aerodynamic tools that sound like these birds. But one of the things I noticed you would do in your seminars, I mean, it's not, it's not like you ran it by me. You were just doing a seminar and you, you brought up Acts chapter 10, which I wouldn't even have known this was in the Bible. And, you know, we're going to get, get into it more, indefinitely as we continue but there was a transition from the old law to the new law and part of that struggle was what you know food laws what 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 you can what you can eat and peter has this vision and the animosity between jew and gentile that's right because this is also dating back oh a thousand years yeah this is also the the event where Gentiles could unequivoc- unequivocally be saved. And this is God's world plan of bringing all people from all nations, all creed, all color under one umbrella, under you know love and forgiveness in Jesus. And, and that would eventually, and that still will, produce a forever family from and, all And this was a foreign concept. To the current Jews, beginning with Cornelius, it was a foreign concept to their ears, Jace. Yeah. They're like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. Invite this bunch of heathens in here. These, you see what I'm saying? Oh, I, I agree. And, and racism was ingrained. I do think in it's this. interesting too that the story in Acts 10, you know, started off with this fellow uh, Cornelius, who, you know, we have so much political challenges in our day. And I don't know why we didn't bring this up when all, you know, heck was breaking loose over this past election. But you see that one of the people that was was first commissioned was a member of the the Roman army. Yeah. I mean, you, you want to change the culture, you change the politics, you do it through Jesus. I mean, that's how you, do, you convert them. In which I, I just, I, I do think it's a fascinating thing here. But when it, when it gets to this vision that Peter had, it says in verse 9, about noon the following day, they were on their journey approaching the city. Peter went up on the roof to pray, and he became hungry, which is what I am right now in anticipation of these shrimp, and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. 
He saw heaven open and something like a large sheep being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles of the earth, birds of the air, which is kind of a mirror image of Genesis 9, 1 through 4, which we've also used many times, which was basically the birthplace of honey weaved in. But it says then... After the after the flood, yeah. the, 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 the menu included meat now. <laughs> There was no meat on the menu, Jace, until yeah. after the flood, Genesis 9. I mean, it bothers people when we do this because I use that one in my speeches. I, I go with the Genesis 9, which is which is what's what's strange is you always use the Acts 10. But the Genesis 9 says the same thing. And I, I use it as the five food groups because he says, you know, he says the birds of the air, the crawlers of the ground, the beast of the earth, and the fish of the sea. This is Genesis 9. He said, I give them into your hand, just like I gave you the green plants. Mm-hmm. So there's the five you know, food groups. And your redneck interpretation, I think you came up with this first, that basically God said anything that walks, crawls, flies, swims, or grows, <laughs> you, can, you can eat it. Yep. And so... And people find that fascinating because they don't know this in the Bible. On top of that, people who say we're still under the law of Moses forget that if you had been <clears throat> going all the way back, <clears throat> you would have had to deal with these food laws. Yeah, it would be maybe that's why people argue so much, Jace, about menus these days. I mean, they're still squabbling over what you can eat and what you can't eat. Oh, that's right. And some people make it a law: I can't touch this particular food. Yeah. So maybe that's the ramifications of still being under the law of Moses. I think so. And there's there's opinions that are in the thousands about what is good for you and what is not. But I'll tell you this, when it comes to eating meat, I'm going with the Almighty. And you have two, one in the Old Testament, Genesis 9. You have one right here. He sees this vision that contained all kinds of animals reptiles of the earth and birds of the air and a voice told him get up peter kill and eat now while you're there you got to go back to old cornelius he's just a guy but he is a good guy yeah he's not a anti-jesus guy he under the law of moses evidently he was he was one of these gentiles had been brought in he gave generously but it uh, said he was a devout and God-fearing man. Devout and God-fearing man. And all his family. Yeah, of course, he was lost, but that, but that he was a good man. Well, it goes on down. He says, send men to Joppa. God said, the angels came up here and says, your prayers, Cornelius, and gifts to the poor have come up as a remembrance before God. He got God's attention. God, now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who's called Peter, he said, you need to bring Peter down there. He's got something to show you. And then this story where you are, the menu, the foodstuffs, it's laid forth. And uh, the old arise, kill, and eat. Even Peter, who they sent for to straighten it all up, <clears throat> was a little confused about eating what you just quoted, the four-footed animals, the reptiles, and whatnot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's right. Because Peter starts arguing with God. Wait a minute here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He, he didn't like that idea, Jace, no. break, break another food law. It was a big thing to him. No, and when you said about Cornelius, I mean, it's assumed he he came to Jesus. I, I mean, I, I just don't think you're having personal conversations with, with angels and you're, you're doing – I'm saying God is – to me, the whole point of this – is you're right, is that Gentiles can be saved. Now, we we took the food laws because we make duck calls and this, this little interchange here. I mean, I think the overall picture is there's a new order. There's a new way. You know, Jesus has come. We're no longer under the old law, which is what we, we talked about last time. But the byproduct of that is that it seems pretty clear to me when he says, get up, kill, and eat, hunting is in. And, and your famous no line is orders from headquarters. 
that's it. So that that's why we bow our neck when people who say, well, I can't believe you go out there and, you know, catch a shrimp and then you're going to eat it. Orders from headquarters. The Almighty in this Bible we have in our lap has covered every issue. All the issues are covered. Food laws being one of them. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. All right, well, let's take a break and see if we can get Al back. So uh, in 2020, how many guns do you think were sold uh, in the U.S.? The most what's a, ever. What's a Thousands. guess? Tens of. Eight million. Ooh. Eight million guns were sold in 2020. <laughs> Can you believe that? Yeah millions so you get that combined with these efforts about defund the police and rising crime and all this so the cost of ammo has basically gone through the roof and it's very difficult to find ammo uh, because so many you know people are buying guns and which is understandable and that's why that uh, one of our sponsors uh, iTarget was invented basically to give law-abiding citizens a cost-effective way to train in safety so you set it up with a laser bullet and you use your phone and you're able to actually practice, you know, by dry fire and be able to really understand what's going on and how to use your firearm. So check these guys out. They got all the major calipers, uh, itargetpro.com and use the offer code Phil. They're going to give you 10% off. You can get free shipping when you use the offer code Phil when you check out. So it's itargetpro.com offer code Phil. Yeah, because he was a guest of <clears throat> Simon, sent to Joppa for Simon, who's called Peter. He told Cornelius that, and all of his household. Yeah. They were praying. Cornelius was saved over that, Jace. That's when he came to Jesus, the, yeah, whole, the yeah, whole bunch. Right. And I think the key verse, <clears throat> I think the key verse in this chapter is that in 34 of chapter 10, and we're just giving an overview because I think we've lost Al. He's somewhere out in la-la internet land, gone. Peter began to speak in 34. I now realize how true it is, and I, I, I love this. This is a God fundamental, foundational characteristic principle about God. He does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. And then they go into Jesus. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. And you got to remember that this began in the, in the, in a, <clears throat> the house where they had come. Cornelius arrives, uh, Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. He had gathered up a bunch of Gentiles. Peter entered the, as Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. Yeah, this where's, a, where's that at? That's in verse uh, uh, 24 in Acts 10. Yeah. So first he gets the memo and he says, you know, We've come from Cornelius the centurion in verse 22. He's a righteous and God-fearing man and is respected by all the Jewish people. So he was operating under the law too. A holy angel told him to, to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. So Peter invited the men into the house to be his guest. Well, the first thing Cornelius does is bow down in front of Peter and Peter made him get up, verse 26. Yeah. He said, stand up. I'm only a man myself. Talking with him, Peter went inside, found a large gathering of people. They were Gentiles. Mm -hmm. He said to them, you're well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or visit him. Mm -hmm. God has shown me that I should not call any man impure and clean. Yeah. we got a big deal going on here that's fixing to break loose here. Peter said, there's been a change in the way we've been operating for 1,500 years. Yeah. These Gentiles are going to be grafted into this thing. Which, which for people listening, I mean, a Gentile, you say, because we quit using that word years ago, I guess. 
But all that means is someone that is not from Israel. That's it. Which would include us. That is it. So then he makes a point about all nations. I mean, you got to go back to Matthew 28, Mark 16. Here's Jesus fixing to go to the right hand of God. And he said, go preach the good news to all nations. Well, there, here's these Jews standing there, and they start off in Jerusalem, the day of Pentecost in Acts 2, and people were there from, from all nations, but still God had chosen Israel, so they're thinking, well, this is just for them. And now we've come just a few chapters. Saul is converted because he's going to be the chosen instrument, and now you have this event where a Roman soldier is having this conversation. And, and the angel said, contact Peter. And Cornelius said, who? Well, he does. When Peter gets there, after Ananias bowed down to him, uh, uh, Peter said, uh, I, I, you, when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. This is verse 20, 29. May I ask, this is Peter, may I ask why you sent for me? Yeah, Peter's, Peter didn't get, he got the memo, but he said, I wonder what's going on here. And the fact that he went, just think about it, since they didn't associate, I guess he did see an angel, which probably would have motivated me to go. But in his back of mind, you know, he's probably thinking, I mean, here's a member of the Roman army, and now he's going to go associate with a Jew, which doesn't happen. I mean, he's really sacrificing a lot of prejudice and how he's going to be viewed and all it because he had a good heart. He's thinking, he I need to God. bow down to them because they're the ones, they're the law keepers. They're the ones, they're God's people. And to Peter's credit, look, this is the same guy who made all these mistakes in the four Gospels as he's following Jesus. He had just, in the previous chapter, which we, we didn't really talk about, uh, you know, he heals that, Aeneas and raises Dorcas, which is, I think the the name they went by was Tabitha, from the dead. But in those two miracles, he got that from Jesus. You know, he went in there and he said, "Jesus Christ heals you," and he cleared the room. So it wasn't like he was trying to draw attention to himself. And here he does it again. I mean, he's literally become the mouthpiece in a humble way. Which you think about <clears throat> the mistakes he made before. And has this encounter all in the name of bringing people together. It's really a, a motivating. Yep. It gives me chill bumps. Yep. Just when, seeing when, this happen. And now 2,000 years later, we get the benefits from, the, from this action right here. That is correct. And when he said, when Peter said, may I ask why you sent for me? Cornelius answered, four days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour at three in the afternoon. Suddenly, a man in shining clothes stood before me, the angel, and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa for Simon, who's called Peter, because he's telling Peter, this is how we got a hold of you. Yeah, this uh, is 32, right? Yeah, 32. He's the guest in the home of Simon the tenor who lives by the sea. So I w sent for you immediately, and it was good for you to come. Now we're all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. So mm -hmm. he says, Peter, the vision and all of that, what, what, what's going on here? Yeah. So Peter begins to speak, and the first thing out of his mouth, which is a great thing for all of these people who are wrangling about the color of your skin or anything else. All right. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. Right. You're like, well, finally, we're getting to the, to the, to the meat of the matter. And that's, to me, well, let's take a break. To me, that's where this this is the difference between God and the world. That's it. Because no matter what anybody says in the world, they show favoritism. That's right. People will say, hey, we need you know, equality, and we all need to come together, and we all agree with that. And then all of a sudden, if you don't agree with something that they said, guess what? They show favoritism. Now, God sent the message to Peter via the food, the menu. He told him, he said, from now on, 
Don't you yeah. call anything unclean I've called clean. Don't do that. Now, he's speaking of like the Gentiles are unclean just in and of themselves. Right. Peter was viewing them like all the other Jews of that day. Yeah, it's so an he interesting illustration. Yeah. And this is the key verse, verse 35. He accepts, God does, men from every nation who fear him and who do what is right. And then here comes the gospel that's been the centerpiece of the book of Acts ever since we started in chapter 1, verse 3 and following. And when Peter in Acts 2, and then after Ona and Simon the sorcerer, all the way through. This is the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who's Lord of all. Yeah. So here, here's going to bring it all together. The gospel's always the centerpiece. You know what's happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, how he went around doing good all he asked of us, and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Yeah. We're witnesses of every bit of this. They killed him by hanging him on a tree. We're at the heart of the gospel now. But God has raised him from the dead, the same right. message they've been preaching from day one when the Holy Spirit came upon him in the book of Acts. Yeah. But I think what's fascinating, you made that illustration because I think the food conversation was an illustration to show that everybody is clean before the eyes of God, which we know how they got clean, Jesus' death on the cross, and and the fact that he made them. But when you look at it practically, it's like, I just think about the ducks. I'm like, well, you got green wing teal, which I like. I'd put it at the top of the list as far as table fare. And so we have a special view we we're we show favoritism is on the green wing teal and then we go to wood up and then we like the mallards because it, it he's so uh you know smart and you're trying to get them and then you pintails well when you get down to the shovelers and the coots it's hard for me not to show favoritism and when you think of, of this illustration from a human being line we all as humans tend to pick people that we like and pick people that we don't like. And here's a God saying, using that as an illustration that they're all clean. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a fantastic illustration. That is the fallacy of the cancel culture. If you don't agree with our narrative, which has nothing about God in it, if you don't believe in our narrative, Mm-hmm. We're going to cancel you, yeah. Even if what you which did, which is favoritism, which is including what you did well, two hundred years I think ago. It's anything that doesn't doesn't go with their agenda. If you try to have a conversation about the cancel culture's agenda, just try to have a conversation, then you are immediately outcast, which is the direct opposite of what God does which includes everyone on the same plane. the cancel culture crowd needs to read Acts chapter 10, verse 42. God commanded us, Peter's talking, to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. That's what we're doing to this day. All the prophets testify about him that everyone... Everyone, Jace, who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. And while Peter was just saying those words, here come the Holy Spirit just came down upon them all. They began to speak in other languages, saying, good night. This is going worldwide for everybody. Everybody's to be included. So we ordered that they be baptized, just like Acts chapter 2 and following. Well, I think this is the confusing part. Uh, Look, Acts 10 is difficult when you try to make everything fit in, you know, how and the timing of of how the Holy Spirit is coming on them versus the Holy Spirit coming in them, the acts, the miraculous gifts of the Holy Spirit versus the fruits of the Spirit. Well, I wanted to make a point. To me, in verse 44, when Peter was still 
speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. Kind of like Acts 2. Very close. The, the Holy Spirit is poured out. Well, what was the situation there? It was to show that the Jew, show the Jews that the Holy Spirit is now available, which will be in contrast to you living by the law. Right? And another point comes out of it. You say, how seriously should we take baptism, period, in water? Mm-hmm. Peter said, can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They've received the Holy Spirit just as we have. Well, I was going to get to that. But he, and he ordered that they be baptized. Someone said, well, I don't think you have to get too worried about that. I'm like, no, you need to pay attention yeah. to that. Well, it says in 40, 45, it says the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were, here's, here's what's crazy, were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, which to go back to this food illustration, it's like, because this sounds horrible, but it's true, but they're like, you know, there's Gentiles, they're viewing the Gentiles as like a bunch of shovelers, yeah. which for you that are not in the duck world, we, we got that duck on a lesser grade because he does things. That's a good point. Yeah, that, 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 that's the whole dichotomy here. And you're like, he's eating things well, out of the mud. Oh, yeah, they're like, that's horrible. But that's the way human beings are. We just don't want to face that fact. We're horribly, when it, when it comes to showing favoritism and, and prejudice, even in small ways, we look at what people do. And even if we don't express it, we're like, oh, boy, this, this, <laughs> this is crazy. So they're astonished. Oh, my goodness. God loves these people. He's going well. to, what he's saying is he's going to save the world, the world and everybody in it. This is for everybody. That's why these groups of people who alienate other people from being saved in their sad doctrine, thing. it's terrible. Sad thing. When they, and the problem with their logic is, is they then change the characteristic of God that God is love. God is love. And by creating a human being, since he is love, that love is there with, so you with look all at, humans. So you look at Christianity, today's model, Jace, do you not? I've looked at it before, and I shake my head every time I see it. To this day, Jace, to this day, in America, we have, correct me when I'm wrong, for the most part, white churches and black churches. Yeah. You're like in the midst of, in lieu of Acts chapter 10, how in the world could you ever come up and you look around and 99% of the churches are either black or white? Yeah. We still struggle with our neighbor. And we get these favoritism things going mm. to this day. So modern-day Christianity listeners, are y'all listening out there? Modern-day Christianity has nothing to do with the color of your skin. We've helped fuel this cancel culture by not coming together as God's people, black and white, together oh, right. and become yeah. one. That's right. I mean, and that's, you know, a lot of people, I guess it's just the way— they function now. I mean, I, I love it. Both that, sides that, yeah. work are, are are in error on this. The black churches and the white churches. Oh, they I need agree. to come together for crying out loud. I mean, I like the fact that our churches, where we meet on a continual basis, it is black and white together. That is correct. I love that because to me, we've united in Jesus. But there are a lot of cultures and cities that don't do that. You got to realize this is not even a Jew or Gentile thing. Uh, you know, African Americans and, and you know, white Caucasians, former European, we're all in the Gentile bracket. Yeah. This is like a subdivision <laughs> of the division. And finally, God in Acts chapter 10 brings us all together, and we're slow to learn because we're yeah. still meeting mixed. mixed. We got the whites and the blacks over yeah. here. We're both Gentiles. We're both <laughs> by God. And How big a tooth would it be to pull to say, why don't we all just meet together? We do. And yeah. they're like, 
I don't know, you know, you know, that's a tough neighborhood. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here they yeah. go, and here they start it. And you're like, well, you know, you got to deal with these people who don't even have a home, and hey, yeah, yeah. They want yeah. these stereotypes, and it goes all the way down. It has really hurt the church and Christianity at large because of our behavior toward yeah. our fellow man, Jason. And I think this is how you fix it. You realize, you read these stories, you realize this is history, you realize that God made a point and confirmed it with miracles. So it wasn't like he was saying this is This just is a big thing here. Yeah, I'm going to show you beyond a shadow of a doubt by affecting atoms and molecules and, and the laws of gravity and thermodynamics or whatever <laughs> yeah. else you can come up with to show you Everyone is all together in the same boat under my care and supervision. And by the way, me and old Jace here are, are, as the Apostle Peter said, here's where we are. We now realize, Acts chapter 10, verse uh, 34, we now realize, ladies and gentlemen, how true it is that God does not show favoritism but accepts men from every nation who fear him and who do what is right. And the message is Jesus died for them all, was raised from the dead, and everybody can participate this in this this grand thing that started 2,000 years ago exactly. that we're reading about. Let's take a, our final break. So when he comes down, I think you brought up a good point. There's a difference in being baptized with the Holy Spirit and being baptized in water and receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And I think you can see that more clear here than any other place because when it gets to uh, 46, they had just been given the gift. The Holy Spirit had been poured out. And I, and I want to make a point. That's in 45. But in Acts 2, the same terminology is is used in acts 2 and verse 33 in peter's sermon he said jesus had been exalted to the right hand of god and has received from the father promised holy spirit now watch this phrase and has poured out what you see in here that's why i said this is similar because in 45, he's saying, well, now the Spirit has been poured out on these Gentiles, made available. Why do you pour something out? So you can partake in it, re re receive it. So then they said, and, and he says, verse 46, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Well, what was happening in Acts 2? They were speaking in tongues and praising God. And remember the guy said, well, they're drunk. Or, you know, they're, yeah. how are they speaking in our why why do we hear them speaking our language and they've never studied it because we have a miracle that's confirmed that god loves you and right? worldwide that's right by the way so but then let me just finish this and you make your point so then peter said can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water well it's obviously a question of you there's no prejudice there's no favoritism god has spoken here through a miracle to show you that these people are of god they should be with god we should embrace them we should tear down the walls of prejudice and favoritism and so what happens it says they have received the holy spirit just with because it was poured out so they were they had been baptized with the holy spirit well then it says 48 this is why i said this is confusing so we ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So people are like, well, wait, wait a minute here. I thought they'd just been baptized with the Holy Spirit. They had. Well, why is he saying they need to be baptized? It's not again. And he had brought up in water in Jesus. Well, when you go to Acts 2, the same thing occurred. They were baptized with the Holy Spirit, which means it's poured out. The miracles happened. In Acts 2.38, after they heard the message to Jesus, he said, what do we do? He said, repent and be baptized. Same thing. So they lined up the horse trawls or whatever they did, 
They baptized them. It said you'll receive, you know, forgiveness of sin, and you'll receive the Holy Spirit, which is the indwelling. So go ahead, make your point. So the so one of the things in the middle of all this, in the history lesson that Peter gave, starting with don't show favoritism, he accentuates how we're to be. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, verse 38, with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John recorded it. He went around doing good and healing all those who were under the power of the devil because God was with him, which mm -hmm. is exactly what Jesus does for us now. So right. we are to follow in his footsteps, go around doing good, and we point people to Jesus. Yeah. I think, simple. I think the point of conflict comes up with now, because you have a lot of religious groups who are still pursuing this baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, people ask us about that. They're like, well, what do you think about that? You know, I don't, it's not a deal breaker for me. I meet with, with groups from time to time who believe that. And I'm never going to be one to limit God. God can do whatever he wants to. You know, if he wants to do a miracle, he'll do it. But I know this. I'll share Jesus because I know that is more important than the miracle itself because he has the correct. ability to do miracles. Having said that, you know, here, when I, when I read how this works out and, and how this plays out, you know, number one, I'm not going to judge people for trying to, they're trying to imitate what happens here in the miraculous world. But I think what you'll what you'll notice about Peter, he was using all this to point people to Jesus. Even the two miracles that just happened in Acts 9, he was very careful about not drawing attention to himself. He cleared the room. He said, Jesus Christ heals you. He didn't say, you know, he did. Now, they had a special relationship, and I believe based on 1 Corinthians 9, 1, Jesus has placed his hands on those immediate apostles and giving them this power to do it. The people that claim to do it today, the difference is, and, and what you don't want to ever uh, be guilty of, is you don't want to be a, a modern-day Simon the Sorcerer where you're chasing the power to do miracles or to have God do miracles through you where somehow you're coming across as being more important than the rest of the members. Because now what do we have in play again? We're now showing favoritism. Yep. You've elevated yourself saying, I'm God's favorite. So he's given me a special power that you don't have. And so I would never be guilty of that. Look, if God wants to move, he'll move. But in the meantime, we are to share Jesus with other people. And that transformation that happens in them being baptized in water and receiving the benefits of that is way more powerful then the confirmation that you can be saved through the gift of the miraculous. Do you agree? Yep, and everybody out there needs healing because they're all under the power of the devil. Every human being out there outside of Jesus, that's the predicament they are in. Which is what he said in 38. He said that's, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the evil one, the devil, because God was with him. Yep. I'm not sure how we're not doing the same thing today. And whether it's a miracle or whether it's the supernatural working to me is, is insignificant in that Jesus is the miracle worker and we have him. And it's like I shared a couple of podcasts ago about us praying for this five-year-old kid who's been diagnosed with cancer. And, you know, I see him five years later and he's like, hey, I'm, I'm cancer free. Now, somebody said, well, are you saying that's a miracle? I'm saying God worked in his life. That's what I believe. You know, a miracle would be something where if I'm speaking a language that I haven't studied and I'm doing it accurately, that would be a miracle. Yep. Uh, not, you know, necessarily what, what, what I'm saying is God works supernaturally in the lives of of people who trust him. We don't have to pursue this idea of having the power to do a miracle to be saved. That's right. So I'm just not sure what the lure is to that, but don't hinder it. You know, I'm not in the camp of these people that says, well, God, 
wouldn't do it or he can't do it because who are we to ever say, I mean, he can do whatever he wants to. It's a good point, Jason. All right, well, in our last minute, Al never came back. Uh, so I guess, you know, this was God's way of saying, you know. You're not, whatever. you're not a part of this particular yeah, series. Bump. So, you know, here we could turn that into, but I think it's a fascinating thing. The illustration between the difference in the old law and the new law wrapped around a vision Peter has on a roof in the animal, animal kingdom is fascinating to me. <laughs> and the fact that, Here's a guy in the Roman army being used as a way to show that all people are going to come together. I think it shows you that never get too bent out of shape over what goes on in the culture when it comes from governments and, and people in authority. We have the greatest weapon the world has ever known, and it's a person named Jesus. And when he is declared, that can tear down the walls of favoritism and prejudice, bring all people together and is basically indestructible in that this is a way to have and be a part of a forever family. Yep. No matter where you're from. By the time we get into chapter 11, see if this sounds familiar, the apostles and the brothers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. Yay. Everybody ought to be happy now. He's going to bring us all together. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers, uh-oh, criticized him. And they said, you went into the house of an uncircumcised, of uncircumcised men and ate with them. Yeah. And they held it against them. That's how entrenched it was, Jace. Well, I, I'm just telling you right now, that yeah. type of thinking, Jace, it's still here. It's hard to tear down those walls. Still here. And before you point at other people, look at your own life and, yep. and realize, are you showing God's umbrella or do you have some kind of agenda that is man-made? Because God's umbrella includes everybody. And you can't show favoritism, period. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.